0: Hello, and welcome to the 31st episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'm your host. Today I have with me Patrick Johnson, a self-taught front-end developer uh, in New York City and host of a fantastic podcast called The Start. Uh, welcome, Patrick. And for the people who don't know who you are, why don't you tell the listeners at home a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, thanks for the compliment about the podcast. Um, so I'm Patrick, as Ruben said. I'm a front-end developer here in New York City. I work at a trade show company called e n k uh, international or King shows, but in my spare time, um, I do do some freelance work, front end, a little bit of um, Railsy stuff. I like to mess around, and I also do the Start, which is at thestart.fm, um, a similar podcast to this, I would say. Um, other than that, I just like play a lot of basketball <laughs> and, nice. ba- and and I bake cookies.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah. I'll have to come to Brooklyn and get some of those cookies. Yeah. Um, so, what's your first memory of the web? Um you know interesting cuz I think I have a few
1: um uh, you know I think we all remember that day that we got AOL and and that was back in the days when they would give away AOL CDs at like the grocery store yeah and then you get um, to use
0: them as frisbees as you got older
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly um but I think the real web started for me when uh we got broadband internet or you know just high speed internet at my house uh I grew up in central florida um in a town city i guess called kissimmee um kissimmee is south of orlando technically disney is on kissimmee land but it it's basically if you go south of disney that's where i grew up um and it was like a random wednesday or tuesday and we had broadband internet and i downloaded a song it was the first time i ever had like kazaa i think i had kazaa at the time (laughs) And I watched a song download in like three seconds. And that's when I was like, holy shit, this is mind. really cool.
0: Your mind was blown.
1: Yeah, well, cause <laughs> prior to that, it would what I would usually do is like leave the computer on overnight. Um, if I wanted to like download anything um, or I did the same the, stuff. <laughs> yeah. And um, what would end up happening in the afternoon is um, your mom would get on the phone and you'd be like, mom, get off the phone. But it didn't. <laughs> It didn't matter because you you it already cut you off the internet. Um, <laughs> or there was times where, like, if I was trying to be a little brat, I would, like, quote-unquote, accidentally pick up the phone when she was on.
0: Um, I used to do that to my brother.
1: Yeah, my brother. <laughs> um, you actually had my brother on the podcast. I did
0: a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah. So he and I did not live together. He grew up with my grandmother.
0: But if we did live together, um, I would have did that to him a lot. <laughs> so... Obviously, everyone gets their start on the, you know, start with the web with either AOL or, you know, something crazy like that. But at what at what point did you sort of transition and get your start in web development particularly? So that,
1: that actually wasn't until a lot later. Um, like, uh, you know, I have some friends that sort of got into it during, like, the MySpace phase because, you know, a lot of people don't realize. But, well, actually, people listening to this podcast probably realize. The general public, those who are not web developers or designers probably don't know this, but... When you were able to customize MySpace layouts, that wasn't something that they originally intended on people doing. But it sort of happened and they were like, all right, this isn't too bad. And it sort of led to their demise. But (laughs) yeah, my my girlfriend got me a a MySpace. She literally set it up. And I think she like sent me over AIM, like the marquee tag, to have something scroll across. And that (laughs) was, if I really have to think about it, that was probably the very first instance. But I... I played football in the school I played football at in high school was pretty good, um, like notoriously a good school. So that was um, we weren't that good actually when I played, but that was it took up a lot of my time. So it wasn't until um, it wasn't until college that I actually got into it. Um, I went to the University of South Florida in Tampa, and one day my mom called, um, and she was like, "Hey, I got this thing from NYU in the mail. I don't know if you want it." So I told her, just give me the web address. I looked it up and it was basically a, you could pay for, you could go to NYU for a semester. Uh, and I was like, at the time I was doing communications major and I was like, it's the number one media market, might as well go, go there for a semester. See if I wanna see if I like the city, go to NYU, cause that's a good school and just like hang out in New York. Like how often do you have the chance to do that? Um, outside of, like, graduating, moving, and then potentially living there for a couple of years, hating it, et cetera. <laughs> um, so I found out when I was doing that, I realized that NYU is – one semester at NYU costs more than a degree at the college I was going to. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go over the semester, and the semester costs about $33,000. Um, but what I found out is that within that cost – You could pay for – you had to take a minimum of 12 or maximum of 18 credits. It didn't matter if you took 12, 13, or 18. You paid the same price. So I was like, uh, I'm going to get my money's worth, and I wanted to tack on another course. And they had like an HTML course. They had an HTML and CSS and then some other stuff that was probably uh, out of my reach. And I think I called Aubrey, my brother, and I was like, hey, man, which one of these would you take, this one or this one? And he was like, do the HTML CSS, you'll learn a lot more. So that was probably the first foray into uh, web development, if you will. Some would call that, like, design. Um, But considering I knew nothing about the internet, and, like, you know, the first task was, like, let's rebuild the Google homepage. And even then, this was in 2010, I realize now that my teacher probably was um, behind the curve. (laughs) Um, And I only say that because, like, we were doing rollover states in Dreamweaver. Uh, um, I'm not even sure if, like, the hover pseudo class was there or not, uh, like, as a CSS attribute. Yeah, but I don't think so. The stuff we were doing seemed a little bit old. And, like, what's hilarious is I remember her teaching me how to center a layout, just like mar- like margin auto. Uh, and I think at one point I messed around with, like, margin with 100%. And it essentially did the same thing as what responsive web design does now. And by no means did I know what I was doing, but that would have been really cool if I actually knew what I was doing and could have sort of got the jump on things. But you know, life goes on.
0: So you took this class, and obviously one class is not going to create is not going to make you into a web developer. What so after that class? Excuse me. After that class, what type of steps did you take, and what type of resources did you use to sort of continue learning on your own?
1: honestly there uh, well it's interesting because there wasn't really that many um i took the class i thought it was cool and it was something i sort of did in my spare time um and it was along the lines of like i would take the knowledge that i had and make it and and flex it and manipulate it for projects that i was working on and by projects i mean like very small crap that i was doing um i remember like when i first got into it I went to a conference very soon after or right before, I can't remember, and me and my friend thought it was a great idea to get a web, both of us get websites. We did, and then like we grabbed like a free WordPress theme and started hacking it. And we were doing like that kind of stuff, honestly, for a while, because when, um, when I came back from NYU, I stuck with the communications degree. I thought the web stuff was cool. Um, and. I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like, I'll just keep learning it in my spare time. And at the time, I was very uh, – I like to call it very brainwashed on like marketing, digital marketing, social media crap. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really think <clears throat> too much farther than this is an added benefit to things I, I can already do. Um, it really just sort of gave me a little bit, a, a little bit of a step up. In terms of my classmates, when it came to getting a job, um, so I would like poke around. I didn't really ever mess with Stack Overflow. I don't even know if I thought it, I realized it existed. I think I like messed around with some tutorials. When friends needed sites, I made them like really cheesy like static sites. Um, but that was it for a while, and then I, you know, I, I kept messing around. I had a buddy who needed something for school, and I made him something, and you know, it ended up being the best in his class. Not because it was that great, but because. Uh, What it sounds like is that he just had the upper hand and that someone knew a little bit more of front-end stuff than his classmates. Uh, But what really ended up happening was I got really unhappy at my job. Um, At that time, I jumped around a handful of agencies. So I did an agency right when I got here. Left that because I went to Dubai for a month. I was supposed to work over there. That didn't work out. Came back. Went to a fashion agency doing the same digital strategy stuff um and then i went to a very large um like nation like large you know offices across the nation size agency oh uh, wow. and I, yeah i jumped around it was four jobs in two years and the first job i was like oh the projects stink the second job i was like oh the people stink um and then when i got to the big agency it was like i've gone through the people i've gone through the work cuz by the time i was at this big agency i they we had the budgets to do whatever we want like you know we had new york stock exchange we had uh zip we had panasonic
0: oh so you were working with big name brands at this point
1: yeah uh you know like when when they got stock exchange i was like i was helping lead the digital for that pitch um so it was very very much in in the middle of the business uh working with people at very high levels working with people at very low levels my level like working on all, all kinds of things but i, I was just like i still didn't like it and yeah. it was like it's like, dude, this stuff sucks. Um, and throughout that time, I was building stuff—very, very small things. Like, I had my own personal website that I like screwed around with. Um, again, anytime friends or my girlfriend needed something, I'd make them. It, and it was all very small stuff. I I had a Treehouse account since like 2011. Uh, I want to say January, uh, either January 2012 or it might have been January 2011. Um, I was on Treehouse. I think it was right when they transitioned from from Think Vitamin. Yeah. I'd gotten a treehouse account. I was actually sitting at Aubrey's place in Sunnyvale at the time when he was working at color. Uh just like screwing around doing like the HTML stuff. And I really liked it. And I think the thing that I really liked the most was um really just scratching the itch of curiosity and knowledge and education. Definitely education. Like the fact that I get to learn stuff and learn it on my own is really cool. Um and while I was at that big agency, um February of twenty Thirteen or 2012 something like that i'm like pulling up my own linkedin because i don't know <laughs> um i the big boss the big vp of our of the digital group which is the group i worked under called me to his office and that happened like in the beginning when i first got hired um and you just seeing it yeah it was uh 2013 february 2013 and like as soon as he shut the door he was basically like uh you're being laid off and i was like uh... oh, great <laughs> At the time, I was just like, awesome. I have, there's no job on my resume that's longer than nine months. This one's six. I'm screwed. There's absolutely nothing I can do. Uh, Not nothing, but like it's going to be really freaking hard to get a job now because people are thinking I'm a job hopper. And then, you know, I I plan on staying at this agency for a really long time. Um, And they gave me a severance, but it was like really crummy. I think it was like two weeks or a month or something. It was really
0: crappy. and no, nothing, like- nothing, like everyone's like, oh, a severance, that'll make it better. Nothing makes it better.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if it was like a three-month severance, that'd be okay, but that isn't the case, you yeah. know? Um, it was like enough to pay a month's rent. Luckily, I had some money saved. Um. But right shortly after that, literally like two weeks, I got a freelance gig for like, it paid like 10 Gs. Um, It was still doing digital stuff, but it was for South by Southwest. It was a huge, huge activation that went on down there for a very large agency, which is why they were more than generous with the pay. Um, And that 10 G's allowed me to not worry about having a job and finally get the chance to switch careers. I remember having the conversation with my girlfriend being like, you know, I don't know. I can keep applying to jobs that I know I can get which is marketing or I can just take the leap and get out of it and go into development. And she was like, "Well, there's no point in like doing something. She's like, "You're miserable all the time and it affects me because you're miserable and I don't want to be around a miserable person." So, you might as well try something that you'd like um because at the very least you know you don't like marketing. So at least give something else a shot. So I did that. Um and I want to say the first three months of that is when I was really just, like, face down in front of my computer in Sublime Text for the first time in a really long time for, like, eight to ten hours a day.
0: Wow. So yeah. in those eight, in those three months, how did you sort of – like, what guided you to learn – like, did you just use Treehouse? Were you, like, just Googling was there, like, a plan or was it kind of hodgepodge? Like, give me a little details on to sort of yeah. how you went through that.
1: You know, it was a, it was a mix. Um, I didn't have it, – it, Let me back up. When I approached it, it was like, okay, well, I know I need a resume. I have that. It shows no web development experience, but I have one. Well, no formal web development experience. Um, I need a portfolio. I have that, but again, no web experience displayed in it. Um, And I need to, like, apply places, but I have this somewhat knowledge in my head uh, at the time i might have been able to bang out like an html email if someone hired me on the spot but that's about it you don't want to talk about like job anything javascript related i didn't know shit about um so i was like well i might as well make a sort of like portfolio of like personal projects because that's something i was like mm, that'll work i guess so that's really what started it and um One of my girlfriend's friends needed a website. She did yoga at the time, and she was trying to really grow grow herself as a yoga instructor. So I was like, boom, I'll do that. Um, And I used, like, a CMS called Perch, which is, like, a smaller private CMS. And I was like, this might be basically the way Perch presented itself is that it allowed you to edit content modules. So WordPress is, like, pages and posts. This was literally, like, you want to edit just this sentence in this whole block of text cool you can just do that that's awesome like, yeah it is but it gets a little like i would never use it again it really it's not, a, it's not a bad platform it works out just fine but perch versus something like a drupal a joomla or a wordpress it's horrible because it's super t- tiny um it's literally backed by like two or three people i think so oh, wow. i mean uh, requests are based off of them uh, updates are based off of them the community behind it isn't that large? So if you were someone like me who didn't really know how to do a whole bunch of stuff, if I really wanted to get created, I was like sort of going on my own. Whereas with something like WordPress, you can just go to the Codex and either WordPress is going to give you an
0: example, or someone's going to give you an example. Yeah, you could definitely for WordPress, you could find everything on the web.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I probably should have did that, but at the time, I approached it the way that I knew how, and I was like, oh, you just want to edit these things? Okay, I'm going to make just these things editable. I wasn't a very flexible kind of thing. Got it. Um, so I built that. probably took me like two or three weeks because I did the design and the development. Um, I was also thinking along the lines like, you know, for me down the road, a really long way down the road, I'd love to have my own thing, whether it's a development shop or a full-fledged agency, whatever. So I was like, given my experience, what are things that I would like um, in that agency and what would I call it? Um, and I came up with the name Proud. Um and part of that stems from the idea that, you know, I I never loved a job enough to talk about it amongst friends. It was always like a fleeting moment. It was like, oh, yeah, I work at agency, Why, blah, 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 blah. whatever. So how's your day? Um, and it wasn't like because I hated it. It was because it was I didn't feel like I was making my mom proud or my grandmother proud by working at these places that I didn't love. So I wanted to create a website for this fake agency that did that. And that was the whole premise of we make work that you can be proud of. Um, so I did that. And that was, like, really simple. It was a one-page, like, fixed background scrolling thing with, like, local scrolling. Like, nothing too crazy. I probably just threw a bunch of jQuery plugins in there to make it work. Um and then I feel like I made another site, which I am. Oh, I did. I made a site called, uh, and this is super small, but it's called what'smyhourlyrate.com. dot com. Um, and the idea, the premise behind that was, I had a bunch of friends because we are all, you know, recently recent college graduates. I had a bunch of friends who were like, "Oh my god, I'm making so much money!" Because some of them were back down in Florida, and they're like, "Yay, I'm making thirty five thousand dollars a year," and I'm like, "That sucks." Uh, and they didn't believe me. And I'm like, dude, I was like, if you break that down to an hourly wage, you're making like barely over 15 bucks an hour. And when they saw that, they were like, oh, OK, I won't go buy a new car. <laughs> um, so it was a, it was a fun app for me to build. Aubrey actually helped me build it because he had at the time a lot more experience in web development than I did. So Aubrey helped me build that. Um, but I built that, and that was just another thing. And that was more JavaScript, well, more jQuery and, like, logic than anything else. But that was the other thing that I had in my first portfolio. And um, I started applying to places. And That's I got, awesome. yeah, I got, like, one or two round interviews. I Well, I had, like, two or three interviews. I had two interviews that went into the second round. And at that point, it was, like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't uh, I couldn't really throw my weight around because my technical, like, prowess wasn't there. So um, so it was like, you know, I just like I did an internship and then after the internship I finally like got that first job.
0: That's awesome. So yeah. you started out and you're building a bunch of these little projects and every little project sort of I'm assuming had either a new component that you were learning something new or something that you had never done before. So the all the jQuery stuff that jQuery and logic stuff that you were doing on the what's my hourly rate? You know, you probably hadn't done that before. How did you build your confidence to build those things and to sort of push through those roadblocks that I'm assuming you hit?
1: Um, a lot of people. So, uh, it's funny. I have a friend. His name is Jack, and Jack is the kind of guy that he'll spend more time trying to debug something himself because um, he he wants to figure it out himself. Whereas I think when I first started. I spent a lot less time doing that and a lot more time very quickly going to ask friends who were web developers. Um, so it was a mixture of both, right? I think one thing I think that's interesting about people starting out is that um, none of us were really ever brought up in a way that opens us up to um, being comfortable with not knowing something. Um, so I think what I did in the beginning is I would look a little bit for a project, and then when I got a little shaky or I felt really uncomfortable, I would ask a friend who is like, you know, like a full-fledged Rails developer who started out as a front-end. Uh, like I was lucky enough that I had a few friends that were really deep into development and programming that I could reach out to them. And these were all really small projects, uh, really small problems for them. They're like, dude, like, this is super simple. Uh, but for me, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So it was a mixture of trying to figure it out on my own, but then also trying to get like breadcrumbs from them. Um, anytime, even if I ask a friend now, if I'm, you know, if I'm working on a project that's, that's larger than I can like bite off and chew, I'm, I, I will go to a friend and be like, hey, what are some like roadblocks you would foresee? And if there are any, what's the first step you would take to figure it out? And the reason being is because I don't – the last thing I want for them to do is to give me an answer because giving me an answer doesn't provide me with the knowledge to solve it later on or to fix it when it breaks. Um, so it's That's very so much – yeah, so it's one of those things where I just want to know how you think or how you approach a problem. That way I can then try to figure out how to solve it on my own. And I think both of those things builds confidence right? because they're all they're do- doing is giving you the clue and then you're building up. To the, to the solution to that challenge. Um, and you find confidence within the struggle because you get more comfortable with it. And then you find confidence in the solution because you're like, fuck yeah, I just
0: saw this. <laughs> so true. So what keeps you motivated? Uh,
1: well, I think a very, a very polite way to put it is the idea that I can always get better um, in that there's always... You know, I don't know if you know who Mark Bao is, but Mark Bao is like, I'm 25, I'm going to be 26 in September, and Mark Bao might be like maybe 21, 22. I found out about him when he was 18, and he was a CTO of a company, wow. like a legit like VC-backed company here in New York, and I was like, awesome. Great. <laughs> I'm already behind this 18-year-old kid, and there's you know, 15, 12-year-olds that are doing it, so I think like the idea that I could always get better is nice. But the reality of it is is that I'm scared shitless that I'm not going to have a job because there's some 16-year-old kid that's better than me. So true. Yeah. So I think it's a mixture of fear um, of becoming obsolete, but then also
0: excitement that there's always new stuff to learn. So what would you tell someone starting out to keep them motivated, like to get through those roadblocks and to sort of stay on track to keep pushing themselves?
1: Um, I think for me at the very beginning, what ends up happening is it's it's a matter of purpose. So – you know um why why do you want it? Let, let's assume it's for purpose of career but well, why do you want this to be your career is it because people in tech make a lot of money or is it because you really like thoroughly enjoy doing this is it because that's all mashable talks about like what what's the actual purpose if the purpose is really superficial i'd say you know maybe sit on it um if the purpose is legitimate i would say just keep working you're going to have roadblocks and Figure out what fuels your aha moment uh, because and, – and I've spoken with other people on the start and then just in separate conversations where – and I'm sure you've probably had this too – where you'll be banging your head against a wall and then you'll finally have a breakthrough. And then the next time you look up, it's 4 a.m. and you have not <laughs> gone to the bathroom in five hours. Um, it's very quickly – or not quickly but trying to just be conscious – and figuring out when you have that moment and what triggered that moment, because if you can funnel that, if you can figure out what it is that that helps you have that aha moment that gives you the extra boost to keep going, try to harness that as frequently as possible. Because that'll keep the excitement, that'll keep you thirsting for more knowledge and really
0: just trying to learn more and build more and keep doing. So over the past couple of years, you've you've built a couple of awesome things, and you know your personal site and all this other stuff what's uh what's your favorite project that you've worked on?
1: Um I think right now the favorite project is the start at least favorite pu- uh, published project is the start, mainly because that allows me to do a few things. Um, I get I did you know I, I designed that with feedback from my co-host Nick, um who unfortunately he is not a designer, but he's very good at like pointing out things that could be better or things that work but could work better in a different way. Um so I designed that I developed that. Um, I get to record i mean you you know how you you uh you do multiple things when you record a podcast so I really like that aspect um I have found that sometimes if i'm doing way too much development i get i don't get bored but I get tired me too and it's like oh, i want to like do something else for a second um so I think the podcast helps me do uh, a variety of things and that's why I like it like it's they're all uh, they're all complimentary, right? Like I get to do copywriting, I get to, which is complimentary because I work on the web and I might have my own products that I need to copyright for. I get to do design, which obviously I build websites. If I can design them, that's cool too. Um, and then I get to develop them. Um, like right now I'm on Anchor CMS, which is cool, but I found out something that sort of sucks about it, which is um, if you have a post saved as a draft – what it does is it publishes all the content. It just doesn't give a public URL. Well, uh, it, it has a public URL, but it doesn't display it anywhere. Um, so it won't display it on your post page, like on the homepage of the website, which sort of is stupid. Because um, what that tells me is that it's actually there. People can find it if they wanted to. It's Googleable, all that kind of crap. Oh,
0: uh, that's so, annoying.
1: Yeah, so like because of that, I'm probably going to move over to something like a WordPress.
0: Nice. Or maybe like a flat file CMS just to screw around. Um, I was on... Uh how to hold the pencil was on wordpress for a while and i just actually switched to Siteleaf, uh and it's fantastic
1: nice well yeah i mean that's something else that i've sort of thought about it's like well and the one thing that i think is really cool about development in general is that like uh i was talking today with i talked to my girlfriend a lot about this stuff even though she's not in program in like web development um but she's pretty knowledgeable i think just by way of her work and then also me bickering in her ear but <laughs> i feel like there's two different types of people there's the idea people, and then like the real idea people, and the difference is that the idea people only have ideas. That's all they're good for. They can't execute. And then the real idea people are the ones who can execute. Whether that's um, Avi Flamba with uh, Flatiron School, like he was the he was the brains, but then he had a partner who was on the business side who executed a lot, or a developer who has an idea for a product and then they can actually build it. Um, but I think that's like the really exciting part is that I can now say. Well, Anchor doesn't fulfill my needs, so I can just go figure out whatever the heck I want to do. If I wanted to, I could... I mean, it would take me forever. I could go build my own CMS (laughs) because I now have the knowledge, or if I don't have the knowledge, I have the confidence that I can figure it out. So uh, true. And go do it. The figuring out part, I think, is is what really um, got me moving is when I realized, like, holy shit, like, I can figure this out. That part was, like,
0: awakening that was that was one of my awakenings too especially like when i started my first job in the web world i was like all right i'm a week or two into it i was like all right i can figure this stuff out i'm good so if you could go back to yourself in like 2010 when you were first kind of starting out at this professionally you know like when you were making the switch uh what singular piece of advice would you tell yourself
1: um you should have made this sooner. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting because I, I was um, – this, this happened before I went to NYU, and before I did all that stuff. Aubrey was already out in Silicon Valley. Um, where was he working? He was working at Twilio, I think, at the time. And this was before Twilio blew up. Um to it's, you know, right now it's at a really big state. It's really popular. It's very known. Uh, when he was there, it, that wasn't the case. But I was on the phone with him. I was walking on campus. He's like, dude, he's like, drop your communications major and just go get a CS degree. Spend an extra two years in school. Come out here and like you'll make bank and we can like build stuff. And my response was, now nah, I'll figure it out. I was like, I'll figure it out on the side. I was like, I like my degree. I'll,
0: you know, I have time. So now does he start every conversation with you as I told you so?
1: No, I do. <laughs> I do. I'm like, yeah, I should have listened to you. Very rarely do I tell him that and do I give him the luxury of knowing he was right. Well, now, now he that ha- one now, point... now he has it on tape. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's uh he's I think he's had it on tape before. Oh. I'm sure he's maybe recorded me saying it secretly without him telling <laughs> me. But um I think that was the one moment that I would have if if I could go back now, I'd be like, dude, get the hell out of this communication stuff because you can learn it in the real world and go Get a CS degree, or not even a CS degree, just something technology-focused. Because that, I don't know, that's... uh that's where we're all headed, right? Like if you, you – you live in New York. Yeah. If you, if you call a car service what's the and you tell them where you're going, what's the first thing they do? They, they punch it into a GPS system.
0: Exactly. And Aubrey – I don't even call a car service. It's all on my – I do it yeah. on my
1: phone. <laughs> but the – Aubrey brought this up a while back and it sticks with me. There's going to be – the way he phrased it at the time, which may have shifted since then, is like if you think about – if you can drop – the job, like the jobs people have, into two different buckets. One will be telling computers what to do, and the other will be being told what to do by computers. Um, and I don't want to be told what to do by computers. I would much prefer to tell them what to do. Um, so it's like you know, it's it's interesting how a lot of the, really, unfortunately,
0: I don't know if you have a bigger brother, but they always end up being right. <laughs> I I will not tell my brother, my older brother, that he always ends up being right. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't tell them. They, just, For sure. they so, you just know it. So what uh so if somebody was starting in the web today, like they were you, you know, a few years ago or they were me a few years ago, uh what advice would you give them?
1: Um I think the advice I would give them is to get very comfortable with struggling and not knowing. Um, I read an article a while back and I talked about it a little bit on the start, but um there's a cultural difference in a lot of the um not European, but I think like the Chinese and Japanese culture where they very early on show that struggle is a part of education and the learning process. Like you're not going to get it immediately right away. In the US, we're not comfortable with that. We immediately relate struggle to um, like the idea of like not knowing or not knowing how or being dumb. And that's not the case. Nobody understood the web the first time they did it. Um, We all sort of had trouble doing something that was actually really easy. So I think like embracing the struggle, but then also being comfortable with not knowing because you, like in three years, you might you might be building Rails apps like full stack, front end, back end, the whole thing. Right now, you don't know how to do that. And when, when you do that first Rails app, you're not going to know how to do it then either, but you still have to do it. Um, and you're going to learn and you'll learn through experience and stuff. But I think the idea of being comfortable with not knowing is a good one to have because it allows you to always sort of grow a little bit.
0: Awesome. So in the last couple of seconds we have, or the last couple of minutes, what does the future hold for you? Like, where do you, what do you see yourself doing over the next couple of months, maybe a couple of years? Like, what do you see? Well,
1: in the next couple of months, I'm hoping to release one or two other projects that I've sort of been working on. Uh, we'll be closing up on the start for season two. And different from most traditional podcasts, Nick and I take a break. Um, mainly because we do a lot of recording in the, uh, in the very front of the season. And then do them over time. So we'll probably take a break. Him and I will probably do one or two other projects that we've sort of been slowly working on. Um, So that's the near future maybe release one or two other projects that I've had sort of on the back burner. Um, Moving down the road, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Being a front-end developer, especially now, there's a very large um, idea that you are also a designer. Um, And for me, while that is not a bad thing, i don't want to be a designer um like i can Got make it. stuff i can make stuff that looks okay um like it's quote-unquote presentable but by no means am i trying to sell my designs Um uh, what i want to do is become that full a full stack developer whether that's you know having b- brief introduction to most of the l- common languages or popular languages or just becoming really really good at one of them that allows me to be a full stack so hypothetically node um, I would really like to do that just because I feel like, you know, um the 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 less I have to go to other people to help produce my projects, the more self-sufficient I become and the more independent and just able to produce more of my own stuff faster, if that makes sense.
0: Awesome. So last question that I ask everyone, where can people find you on the internet? Twitter, website, that kind of stuff?
1: Um I'm probably most active on Twitter. The Twitter name is Patrick B. Johnson. So Patrick B is boy Johnson. My website is pbj.me, which is needing a very, very long overdue redesign and just reflow, which hopefully is coming in the next
0: few weeks or months. That that might be true, but you have the greatest domain name I've ever heard for a personal website. Just saying. Yeah, I'm. Tri- I tried. Dude, I mean, I- pbj.me. I mean, when you sign when you sign an email pbj, I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah, you know, it took me a while to really
1: um, be comfortable with that um, sort of abbreviation as my name, because for I got
0: teased for it as a kid. Oh God, I mean, yeah. I can see you being teased for it, but now like it's it's awesome. Like yeah, oh, PVG. It, it works me. out. Um, the last place you could find
1: me is on, um, and I hope this is okay. But you know, I do my podcast, the Start, which is the Start FM. Or if you were to subscribe on iTunes, I don't even know what the link would be because it's really freaking long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's you—you you get to hear me every week if you, Ruben or anyone else decided to go listen. And we uh, we drop episodes on like Tuesday at like ten or eleven, um, if I remember to <laughs> release them that early. That's when they get released, but they're always released on Tuesdays. Awesome.
0: Well, I'm a listener of the start, and I love it. So sweet. You, everyone, to- everyone who listens, Chadle, the pencil should. Uh, go listen to the start yeah and we
1: have some cool stuff coming up actually, yeah i mean you're inter- really
0: really good guests your interview with drew wilson this week was fantastic or last week was fantastic and last season's was great as well um you can fi- uh thank you so much to my guest patrick for being on the show i really appreciate it um If everyone listening at home, you can follow the show on Twitter at Hold a Pencil. You can follow me on Twitter at Ruben Ingber. That's R-E-U-B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. And be sure to check out the brand new How to Hold a Pencil website at www.howtoholdapencil.com. And I will speak to you all next week.